It's a lyrics for our theme song. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm working on it. I'm working on the lyrics. Nice fade out. Fixing the mics. <laughs> oh, well, welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman. A million greetings upon your faces. Who are you? On their faces. That just sounds dirty. I'm the hill hippie, hoping I don't get his welcoming on my face. Greetings upon your face. Yeah. Greetings within your ear hole, because you're listening. So, uh, and that, is that worse? Uh, much worse. I've been working on greetings, and I think that that's a good one. Uh, a million greetings upon your ear hole. Within your ear hole. Yeah, it's like giving someone the quote-unquote blessing of may the fleas of a thousand camels infest their armpits. That's a lot of fleas to fit in your armpits. It is. Anyway, yes, greetings upon your faces. I'm the Madman. I'm here with the Hill Hippie. EK's working on website stuff. Boring. So if you hear him clattering around or the peanut gallery commenting, that's probably him yelling in the background. So, Trying to keep us on air. I, I thought you were going to say honest, but either way would have worked, I there think. There is nothing that could happen that could make us honest. I think he would pull all of his hair out. The lyrics to our theme song are, we never tell the truth. So, If I wish I'd known that, I'd have picked my, I played my character completely differently. Oh, <laughs> uh, we usually start with our weekends, man. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was great, man. I uh, went out Saturday, did some Shinrin-yoku. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, did some mushroom hunting. Uh, came back with plenty of goodies out of the forest. Is that what I saw drying in the other room? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I found a couple different types of boulette mushrooms. Uh, found myself a chicken of the woods. What's a chicken of the woods? Oh, it's a delicacy, dude. It is an absolute delicacy. It was just a small guy, just a couple pounder. Uh, this mushroom, you can find them big enough to where it's a 10-pound mushroom. Are you serious? I'm serious, dude. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> they're called chicken of the woods because they have this orangish-yellow uh, color, but they taste and have the texture of chicken. That's weird. That's fucking weird, but it's fucking delicious. I still will need it. Ah, see, every time someone tells me, you know, if you tell me I don't like mushrooms, it's a texture thing. I got a mushroom for you. Well, I don't like the taste of mushrooms. It tastes like fungus. I got a mushroom for you. <laughs> I just know what it is, and I don't want it in my mouth. Here's the thing. You can uh, batter it up and fry it like chicken fingers. If we feed it to somebody and don't tell them what it is, they probably won't know the difference. That's an elaborate and fucked up scheme. Oh, <laughs> you don't like mushrooms. Tell huh? the truth. <laughs> <laughs> don't give them, you know, if people have been trying to sneak me mushrooms forever. It's like, you don't like mushrooms? I don't want mushrooms on the pizza. I don't want mushrooms. Yeah, no, if it's cooked with the mushrooms, I don't want it. Well, there's typical mushrooms that are sold in the grocery store. The uh, the agaricus, basically the meadow mushrooms, the brown and white meadow mushrooms, the portobellos, buttons, you know, marketing names. They have the same fucking taste. There's that very distinct mushroom flavor. And a lot of mushrooms have that distinct flavor with slight very uh, variations like morel mushrooms the ones that are hunted in the spring and go for anywhere from 40 to 80 dollars a pound depending on how good or bad the year is those things don't taste like your standard mushrooms they taste more like steak because they have such a high amount of the umami pro uh, protein in them i'm still not gonna eat it so that was your weekend mushrooms mushrooms and shinrin yoku, shinrin -yoku. I, I like pr i pronounce camping you know right now it's, pronounced. it's not the same thing. You can Shinrin Yoku while camping, <laughs> but you don't have to go camping to do Shinrin Yoku. Well, other than those two things, did you do anything else? Uh, I'm uh, in talks with uh, 
a friend of mine to bring a new show to FXBG Public Radio. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool deal. Yeah. Don't overstep your bounds, man. Don't forget who's in charge around here. EK? EK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I already talked to him about it. Yeah, he will He will confront you on it no matter what. So. <laughs> Here's the rules. I'm in charge. He's the Donald Trump of FXBG Public Radio. All right. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, and I'm not saying this to kiss his ass or anything else, but at least he has better hair than Donald Trump. That's true. It doesn't take much. Though. Even when he shaves his head, he has better hair than Donald Trump. I'd like to see Trump bald. Just wait till a windy day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the idea. It's like, look the part, man. <laughs> Gonna be a real life Lex Luthor. Look the part. <laughs> oh, man. What did I do this weekend? Uh, it was pretty quiet. I didn't really do much. Uh, let's, oh, uh, Axel called me on Sunday night. Oh, did he? Yeah, we chit-chatted for a while. It was a pretty uneventful. I mean, most of the time it ends up with him screaming and stuff like that. But, it's, you know, it's pretty uh, pretty chill conversation until we started talking about Ghost Wolf games. And he's like, so what's the deal with that? What's the deal with that? And so I was explaining to him. It's like this guy plays, like, video games. And he records it and streams it on Twitch and also uploads it on YouTube. And he's got like hundreds of hours of these CFDs, and this is, I'm pissed because he hadn't put a video out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "So this guy has like a hundred plus videos that are about an hour long each, and you've watched them all, and you're pissed off because there's no more." It's like, "Yeah, yeah, Axel, that's exactly what it is." And and he's like, "You're a fucking nerd, dude." <laughs> I said, "Well, I gotta go, Axel." I hung up on him. So, uh, you know, there's always one response to that. Well, I. It hurt because I know it's true. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> Anything Axel ever says to you that hurts your feelings, just respond back with, yeah, but you put out the spaghetti incident. No <laughs> yeah. That's hand down. You, Trump I think you, win. Yeah, I think you gave me that a while back and I never wrote it down. So <laughs> if I had remembered it, it was like, oh, yeah, I should have said, yeah. Yeah. The spaghetti incident. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's it right there. The spaghetti incident, Axel. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and that was what an hour, one hour long mistake. Yeah. That does it still make me look bad? I don't like. Yeah, but see, but at least your mistake is only for yourself. His mistake <laughs> was to the world. He spewed his quote unquote greetings all over the faces of the world, and it was horrible. At least it didn't get in your ear hole. Some people. Crazy. <laughs> it might have, considering what it was, directly into the ear hole. Yeah, music. There's no other way we can get into your body but through your ear hole. Same thing with podcasts. It's the only way we're reaching you is through your ear hole. Maybe through water. It's audio water. intercourse. Water. You listening to it underwater? Go ahead, I, I, go ahead and email us if you're listening to us underwater. I, we'll come to that later. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, that's pretty much our weekend's. I already greeted upon your faces. Um, next topic, the trade deadline. It's today, you know, for baseball. You care? Not really. Uh, there's people talking about their trades and going to trade Bryce Harper today, and I'm just like, no, no, they're not. No. Yeah. Um, I know enough about at least the Nationals to be able to follow this portion of the story. Now, if you start asking me something about the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm lost. Yeah. Well, because, huh? Brewers. Is it 
Brewers, yeah. as in brewing beer. Yeah. I always wanted to go. That's like one of the first ballparks I ever wanted to go to because they're called the Brewers. Because There's got to be beer like at your seat. Because of what you are drinking. Miller. Yeah. <laughs> it's just taps that come out at your seat. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Insert credit card as you sit yeah. down. Endless flow of beer. That'd be awesome. You'd leave sloshed and down five hundred dollars because it's what nine dollars for two ounces of beer at a ball spark. Yeah, that's. But hey, that's a good, good, uh, good baseball game if you ask me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's no chance they're going to trade him. I mean, this is what losing teams do to create a buzz about the team off the field. All right, because the Nats aren't doing so well. They're probably not going to go to the uh, win the division series. They're probably not even going to get a wild card spot. Mm. Uh, the rate that that they are going, and I just want to bring up the incident where Papelbon choked Bryce Harper. Was that last year or the year before? I can't remember. No, I'm not entirely I, sure. I'm really bad with time. The more the more time passes, the worse I am with it. And so, um, yeah, he, he, there was this incident where he choked Bryce Harper, and this was the game where they were eliminated from uh, taking the division. And so that that, that way they can get still people uh, out to the park, still get people out to the park. Mm-hmm. Even after that point, it's because, ooh, is there going to be a fight on the field? You know, they create some drama in the dugout, and maybe right. people come up hoping to see a show. You know? Today's and, the day, man. Today's and, the day. And I'm sorry. The best show I saw was that fight with Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper. That was hilarious. I laughed about that for weeks when that happened. I have a video about it on my YouTube channel. Search the Madman lowercase. So, they should have never gotten rid of Dusty Baker. I mean... I'm sure you, I'm sure you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Well, when I was in uh, the Midwest, Dusty Baker did quite a good job for the Cubs. Yeah. And then you know, of course, upper management changes some things around. They they don't do as well. So who do they blame? The coach. Of course, it's his fault. It's not the fact that management you know moves some purse strings around or is that or the other. No, it's always the coach's fault. Well, I, that's what I love about is like uh, at the end of the season, you know. People start getting fired. You know, only one team can fucking win the championship. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so at the end of any, like, football season or baseball season, you're like, oh, people are getting fired left and right, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you didn't fucking win. And it's like, only one team can win, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, only one person keeps their job yeah. at the end of the season? Uh, also, not only that, but don't fi- start firing them immediately after the season's over. It's like, all right. All right, we didn't make it to the playoffs. You're done. Wait until after the entire season's done. The championships have been named because everyone knows nothing is more dissected than a winning uh, winning sports team because that team will not be the same the next year. So, <laughs> okay, know. we didn't make it. Let's see what our what our guys do, what trades they try to make to get some of those guys. Oh, we didn't get any of them? All right, now you're out the fucking door. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking baseball. Uh, just in like uh, the Orioles, I never really cared about you know J- JV baseball, but that's what I call the American League JV. Um, ah. And so, um, and they're just doing so bad. That there's who'd they sell off? Manny Machado. They sold him off because they're just rebuilding from the farm down, farm up, you know. And I'm just like, geez. So, and their their record is so bad. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, I have friends who are Orioles fans, but they're surprisingly silent on social media about them, <laughs> their, their fan, their uh, their appreciation of the Orioles. So, 
why are you so quiet all of a sudden? <laughs> so I could sit here and whine and complain about being six games or so back from the division of the Nationals because I know they're not going anywhere. They're a mediocre team this year. Well, you know, it's there's still a lot of games <laughs> left at yeah. this point. But I don't think this manager is. I forget his name, but I don't think I think he's an idiot. All right. I really do because every single press conference it's the same thing. It's like yeah, we just got to go out there to like play the games, you know. We'll, we'll get something going. We'll get something going. And I'm just like Jesus, is this what you're saying to the players? Well, I mean, there's it, there's got to be like a charisma factor that plays into it when it comes to leading a team. Yeah, but you know that's also could be viewed as uh, him keep uh, playing it close to the chest. What is he going to do? Go out, go out in a press conference and say, "Yeah, all right." So after watching today's game, and this is our fourth uh, loss in a row, I'm going to be changing up this and this and yeah, this the order, and this. Yeah, and all they're doing is all we would be doing is giving the next team that he's playing. His new strategy, so they would know how to compensate by saying, "Yeah, we got to. We're going to make some changes, and we're going to get something going." He's not telling this, uh, telling the uh, opposing teams anything. He might just be that stupid. I'm not trying to defend this cat in any way, shape, or form, but it's better him do that than just lay it all out there on the table for the opposing teams to dissect and use against him. <laughs> Fucking baseball. <laughs> Fucking sports. I know. Well, I mean, I in particular baseball is like, I love these like uh, coaches, head coaches. There are some coaches who are good at picking up on the signs of the other team. Mm -hmm. And you'll see players doing it every now and then. If you got a guy on second, you'll see him sometimes flashing signals to the guy at the, at the plate. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about baseball is there's this subtle communication that's going on. If a guy who's on second sees he looks like, oh, he looks like a circle change, he'll throw him a little circle sign, you know, saying, hey, you're getting a changeup coming. Mm-hmm. And you can see that on the field. It's this very subtle communication, you know. Uh, guys on, you know, second, second and third. You got runners second and third. The catcher comes out and flashes signals about where he's going to be throwing in case something happens in the infield. Mm -hmm. And so it's this subtle communication. And they have, like, experts. These coaches are experts. As they've seen so many signs, so many signals that I, th I think they're going to, yeah, they're going to pull hit them. They're going to bunt, you know. That's a steel sign. That's a steel sign. Get ready. You know, it's like, geez, it's yeah, it's just nose tap, ear yeah. pull, hand across the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's spit tobacco juice to the right. <laughs> well, they can be as complicated as that. Is but like how many of the practice swings you do at the at the plate? Mm -hmm. You know, like how how often you fuck with your batting gloves and stuff like that. It's like it's very subtle. And here's the thing. Now, mind you, I've never played ba uh, baseball, not even t-ball or anything like that. So I don't know if they would change these signals throughout the season, but I would assume over a 162-game yes. season, they would have to change them up pretty regularly not to have somebody figure them out. Additionally, How the hell do these assholes keep track of all this shit? Additionally, they are also trading all these players to other organizations. It's like, well, this is what they, this is what the Cardinals do. Yep. <laughs> so when you're playing the Cardinals, it's like, oh, I think they're going to steal. That's a, that's a steal sign. Yeah. And so they constantly got to change the signals and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be the type of asshole if I was out there, I'd be on uh on let's say shortstop all right i see the uh communication coming from the uh the catcher saying this is where he's going to throw if something happens in the infield i would probably get the signals mixed up oh sh and do the wrong thing because oh fuck my, my bad guys that was last week's signals <laughs> <laughs> well i just want to see somebody who's got the cojones to hold up a sign from the dugout like the head coach 
hold up a sign that says, steal second, you know? <laughs> Just hold it up, and the runner actually steals second on that turn, on that play. I think that would be hilarious, and I think it would change. It could change baseball. Think about it, because for the first time, nobody would believe that somebody would do something that blatantly Blatant, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way they're stealing second <laughs> right. after that. Oh man, he's telegraphing his punch. Uh, so I want to move on as much as I could talk about baseball all day. Uh, I want to move on to FTs and other naval rates. Uh, you know the most common rating? This is a joke I heard in the Navy. The most common rating in the Navy? FT. FT? Yeah, you know what that is, right? No. Fucking thieves. Fucking thieves. Well, this is why... It, There's anyone... a sea of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all in the military. We'll come back around to see of thieves. That's on, that's on the agenda. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> they train you in the military, every branch, you know, about locking stuff up, locking up your locker, your personal possessions. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they'll drill it into your head. And the reason is because there's so many fucking thieves in the military. Now, this is something that's been pissing me off for almost 20 years, all right, because I discovered it after I got out of the Navy. I had this big book full of CDs. I still have it, and it had all of my CDs. It had uh, the sleeves and the CDs in each spot. Mm -hmm. And so I had this all while I was in the Navy, and when I packed up all my stuff and moved back home, um, it was like a couple months later. It was like, damn, you know, I'd really like to hear some Madonna tunes. And so I went and looked at my... um, my CD case, and somebody had stolen all of my Madonna CDs. <laughs> Everything else, I checked the entire book. Every other CD was there, except my Madonna CDs. And it was like, who do I hang around with that would have stolen the Madonna CDs specifically? <laughs> and why? Uh, who had a Madonna fetish? I don't know. I mean, it was... <sighs> Late late nineties, early two thousands when I got out. Yeah, early two thousand one. Dude, she's bangable today. So uh, true, but who would have a Madonna? Now, now I'm thinking about somebody who stole it so they could have something to listen to while they rub one out. Oh, and you had the sleeves in there, so they were. You know, there's pictures. No, they didn't take the sleeves. Oh, they just took the CD. They just took the CD. Okay, that's fucking weird, isn't it? Well, it is the Navy, man. Maybe they needed to work on their dance moves. Yeah, I didn't really have anything else that you can dance to. (laughs) Got a shitload of Dave Matthews CDs. You can't dance to any of that. No. Best you can do is jump up and down in your flannels, right? Or just sway slowly. (laughs) Sway slowly. You know, the the standard With a craft beer in your hand. Yeah. Well, that's the hipster's (laughs) dance, not the hippie dance, because... There's a, di- a subtle difference, and the hippies got that slow dance. Unless you get into the uh, fire twirlers and the hula hoopers, and get God, that's fucking sexy. But bes- beside the point, <laughs> I just—it's been boggling my mind. I was like, why would they steal specifically the Madonna CDs? Because they liked Madonna. But they didn't take the pink CD. That's the one I listen to when I rub one out. Pink is hot, <laughs> but pink yells at you too much. That just tells me a little bit about you and your preference in the sack. You I, you like the woman that's going to dominate you. A little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do fight back. Pink and knock your ass out. <laughs> Be careful. I'll take it any way I can get it. I'm pink, <laughs> you know. She is sexy. I will say that. So what you're saying is you want to put two in the pink? <laughs> that referring to inches. I was going to let you just uh, leave that one alone and let you no. infer whatever you wanted. 
I'll, I'll address it. All right. So uh, I got a little section here for Hill Hippie's Garden. Do you have anything you want to talk about about that? More water? Yeah. So I saw a video on YouTube recently. Was it on my channel? My been lowercase? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was about uh, a combination of things, and I've been playing with it, the concept in my head since I've watched it. It was about uh, water and how it can absorb and amplify human thought and emotion. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Uh, apparently, there's this quote-unquote experiment going around where you take three jars of rice. You apply the same amount of rice to each sterilized jar, or clean jar. I'm not sure if they sterilized it 100% or not. And you put the same amount of water in each jar, same amount of rice in each jar, and the water is from the same source. Put lids on them. You go up to one every day and say, I love you. You go up to the next one every day and say, Fuck you. I hate you. You're stupid. You You're want this place to Something like that. Yeah, some sort of negative emotion towards it. And you just ignore the third one. You're not... That's a control group, obviously. Right. Um. So you're not sleeping with jars of rice in it. No, you? I haven't okay. tried this experiment. This, I, I ain't got that kind of time. I can tell myself... Uh, I tell myself daily I love myself. I try not to put out negative emotions, and I can ignore I ignore most of the rest of the world, so I've got it covered, man. So what's the rice supposed to do with the positive and negative reinforcement? Well, what they're saying is the result is, like, the, the one that's showing love, you know, doesn't get nasty and gnarly. It'll start to ferment and have a, a nice smell to it, and, but not be gross. The one that with the negative connotation was just rotten and nasty and moldy and stanky, where the one that was ignored just went black. And apparently people have, excuse me, have repeated this uh, quote-unquote experiment all over YouTube and the net, and everyone's getting quote-unquote the same results. Now, again, this is people on YouTube. I'm not giving, I'm not saying that people are lying. But there's the definite potential for it because you know how many spamming, lying videos are out there. Oh, yeah. But this uh, one video I was uh, watching actually quoted some experiments by this Dr. Emoto and how he was uh, using the same concept towards straight water. And he was had developed a specific uh, microscope that took pictures during of water at the crystallization point once it starts to freeze. freeze yeah. Mm-hmm. And taking notice of the changes of the crystals formed based on the thoughts slash emotions that were implied to them. Like uh, a control group of water from a polluted river wouldn't actually – it would solidify, but it wouldn't crystallize. I'm not sure if he used the right verbs for this or not in this video. Okay. But like he would show like this – the image that this doctor had pulled for this one polluted river, and it was just – Flat, little bit of bumpy, solid, just nasty form. Then he showed one uh, a picture of the same water that he had had somebody pray over and froze it. And it formed a beautiful crystalline structure like a snowflake. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and he, this doctor's got a, a book out showing his results. And it's got hundreds, I believe, of different examples of how... These type of emotions would affect the uh, crystalline structure of 
the water once it freezes. So that made me start thinking, is it the water that's responding to this? Or, or is it something? Yeah. It's, it's just a weird concept. But if it is the water, it takes into the account the uh, – made me start to think about the experiments that people do where they grow plants and play different styles of music to them. I talk to my plants. That's why I don't have any plants anymore. You're lonely. I know. We'll get you a dog. Well, no. I realized I did, you have to – you know, I don't have to feed Axel. No. You know. No, that's I had what, to feed the plant. That's what the heroin's for. Right. Yeah. But if it is the water that's responding to these emotions, because let, let's face it, music can insp- uh, produce, uh, invoke emotions in people. Yeah. And, you know, some music is universally portrayed as have, invoking certain emotions. So, you know, you, there's been countless experiments done with music and how it affects the growth of plants. Is it the water that's actually being affected, not the plants? It could be. It's just something that I want to, you know, do some more research into because it's just a fascinating concept. Like the mood slime from Ghostbusters too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It does kind of sound like a B-movie plot. It does, but here's the thing. If it does turn out that that's the case, it works. I know how to make our ghost B, uh, B&B work. Okay. Bowls of water. We put bowls of water that we've either cussed at or encouraged into the the, the clients' rooms. If there's somebody we feel doesn't deserve a ghost blowjob, we give them a bowl of cursed water. <laughs> no blowjob for you. But wouldn't they hear us downstairs screaming at a bowl of water or soup? Couldn't it be pre-cursed bowls? And wouldn't we be the attraction then at that haunted bed and breakfast if we're just crazy people yelling at soup? We already are the attraction and crazy people. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I'm not into yelling at soup, because that's kind of like the highlight for me in this, in this scenario. So we get to yell at soup. That's soup, awesome. water, I mean, whatever. Or, or fucking coffee. Yeah. Stupid fucking coffee. Yeah, Dirty fu- bean water. <laughs> <laughs> this brown water is not very tasty. Come up with a cup of coffee before bed? Yes. <laughs> decaf, decaf. Oh, yeah, it's decaf. Yeah. <laughs> Whisper your decaf <laughs> to the water. Keep them up all night. You tell the coffee it's decaf. And this, would it become decaf? That's what I want to know. That's well, we can always try that experiment ourselves. Just like uh, you want it caffeinated or decaffeinated? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll tell it what to be. Yeah. <laughs> I will manifest it to be caffeinated if it's decaf. It's I'll all pray good. over it. My holy cup of coffee. I, I wonder if God's got time for that. Oh, he's blessing his coffee again. I don't know if I'm he's sure uh, glad I have time to listen to this. If he's omnipresent, then I guess he's got time. I guess that's why he created things. I guess because he was super bored. You can't help the way you're born. No. And God said, "I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way." So, Ghost. Speaking of hearing my prayers, Ghost Wolf Games heard, must have heard my prayers. He released a two-hour video of Sea of Thieves last night. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I watched it a little bit when I was having lunch, but I had uh, I had to get to work on doing the show stuff tonight, but uh, I'm going to watch it tonight. So don't rush to the comment section right away and say, what's he going to say now? Because I probably will comment on it. I'm just, I don't, I don't really want to comment on too many videos because I don't know how many he's going to delete. So, <laughs> you know, give me time to process it, you know. And, yeah, I'm a big nerd, Axel. Fuck you, too. Spaghetti, spaghetti incident. Yeah, spaghetti incident. I gotta, I gotta work on that. 
That's the quick draw. Yes, spaghetti exactly. incident. I got to pull that out real quick on him. Okay. So, uh, thank you, Ghost Wolf. I could sit there for hours watching you do whatever. I mean, even if you're soloing, talk to the ship. That's what I would do if I were streaming, playing Sea of Thieves alone. I would talk to the ship like a person and have arguments with it. All right. If you collect one of those skulls from the bounty missions, I'd pick them up and talk to them. Absolutely. I think that would make for an interesting stream. Did you, so, didn't you have yourself a uh, Shakespearean moment talking to the skull? Well, no, I'd be like yelling at it, you know. It's like, you watch all these hours of Ghost Wolf Games videos. You're a fucking nerd. It's like, no, you're a nerd, skull. You're a nerd. <laughs> And just do it all in open chat. So if ever a ship comes by you, it's like, this dude's sitting here on the bow of his deck screaming at a skull in his hand. Alas, poor York. <laughs> he never watched Ghost Wolf games. Well, there's so many. I kind of wish I could play that game because there's so many things that I would do that I think would be fun. But I don't want to get it because then I would stop creating podcasts. I would stop creating videos because I'd be playing that game all <laughs> that time. And so that's why I'm not going to get it. Obviously. I mean, yeah. you watched... Hundreds well, of hours yes, of this, so. Of somebody else playing, playing this game. What do you do while you watch this? I mean, is it you're watching this in the background and just half paying attention to it while you're doing other stuff? Or does it yes. literally have your entire attention? Sometimes it does. Usually I'm doing other things. Um, I make my own cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll sit there, I'll make my cigarettes, and I'll watch a video or something like that. Uh, also, I'll do, like, coloring. Um, I don't know how to explain. I have a bunch of pit, like a bunch of these heroes unlimited books with these black and white pictures in there, so I'll just color that. Okay. And watch a video in the background. I'll look up. It's like, oh, I hear cannon fire, something's going on. You know. So, so don't think I'm just sitting there riveted. It's like, ooh. sometimes I am, and that's why I'll get pissed off at critical hats. It's like you are not entertaining me, sir. But thank you for making putting out some videos there. Uh, I feel so much more, uh, so much more worse for you now. It's nerdy, ain't it? You're just sitting around watching some kids or millennials. Yeah, millennials. Game cast of a game that you can't play because it'll eat your life away. Doodling in a coloring book. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I'm sorry. Me too. It, don't feel bad for me. I like the. I like my life. All right. My my wife likes me. <laughs> All right, John Candy. Well, you talk about a real sad story. I'm happy with my sad story. All right. It's all I got. And that's the way you own your life. You want to buy some Good shower job. rings? Yes, I do. <laughs> shower curtain rings? They're earrings, actually. I want them to be white with purple polka dots. I got them. You name it, I got it. LED. I got it. All right. I'm a specialist. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you don't have to go watch Ghost Wolf games, but I am too. I'm not going to. Oh, you don't have to? Well, I, about a half hour in. If I've got a strange addiction to anything on YouTube, it would be Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Why can't anyone ever be addicted to my channel? Flood my comment section with weird-ass observations. We're working on it. I'm flat-chested. I wish someone would comment on my videos, some, something like that. It's like, geez, you're so annoying. That'd make me so happy. I wouldn't I, delete those comments. 
I could do it for you and just I can create some random ass account and just start flooding you with all these negative comments just to make you happy. Just like all these comments I made on Ghost Wolf Games videos, I just if somebody gave gave a uh, commented and gave a very well thought out intelligent insult to me, <laughs> I would be so happy. Hey, thank you for thinking about what we're saying. Thank you for thinking about this. You could be like Sally Field. You really don't like me right now. <laughs> it just doesn't work the same the other way. It's okay. I just I I can't believe you got pissed off. This I'm so happy. <laughs> it's like that guy on Instagram. The cracker ass cracker. You know, you look like you're mad because your wife left you. And I just thought that was fucking hilarious. It was well thought out. Hashtag Blue Lives Matter. That's what I get for using that. <laughs> But I thought that was hilarious. Some guy comes up and is like, boy, you suck. You know, just comment. And all because you showed your love for the lives of the Smurfs. The Smurfs? Blue lives. The Smurfs. Yeah. Is that what that's really about? They're the only blue people I know, dude, besides the ones from Avatar, and that's in a movie. All right. Hashtag Gargamel. Hashtag Azrael. Fuck that cat. <laughs> what kind of what kind of single man in the woods? All right, has a cat. The one who's trying and to chase and chases Smurfs all day long. The one who's trying to keep the cat out, uh, keep the mice out of his food. A smart one. He's been eating those homes, those Smurf homes, too much. I think he's flipping out seeing Smurfs running around. Uh, those were just white mushrooms with no dots on them, right? I don't think so. Some of them had dots, I think. Well, if they had dots, then uh, he's fucking himself up because those are Amanitas. They could kill him. That's what I mean. There's no such thing as Smurfs. <sighs> I've been looking. You just don't know which mushrooms to look under. Okay, <laughs> that's how you got. That's why you got into mycology, right? Yes. <laughs> oh man, you want to get into the news worth knowing? Of course, because it's worth knowing, right? Yeah. Why would I not want to know it? Uh, I think. Because I used hashtag donkey in the post is why that donkey Instagram account where people, it's an Instagram account. That Shows you adorable pictures of donkeys. Yeah. Be careful, dude. It might end up becoming a donkey show. I, I didn't look too closely at it. But this is uh, obese tourists from the U.S. and U.K. are blamed for crippling donkeys in Greece. What? All right. The donkeys of Santorini are reportedly not the only stubborn creatures on the Greek Isle. Officials say that, that increasing numbers of overweight tourists are opting to ride, not walk, up the steep hills of a popular cruise ship destination, thus crippling the animals in the process. A representative for the animal rights group helped the San Santorini donkeys recently told the mirror that locals have been forced to begin breeding their donkeys with stronger mules to make it easier for them to carry what the mir mirror called, quote, fatter tourists. <laughs> uh, this uh, <coughs> pausing between paragraphs. Laugh, sorry. Uh, You're fine. At present, overweight riders are leaving the animals with spinal injuries and open wounds due in part to ill-fitting saddles. Express reports. Uh, quote: It's recommended that animals carry no more than twenty percent of their body weight. Uh, obese and overweight tourists, combined with the lack of shade and water, heat and cobbled steps, is what's causing the problem. Spokesman told the Mirror. With donkeys, it should be no more than eight stone, 112 pounds. But how could that be imposed? 112 pounds. Yeah, that's a very good point. Kids only. Yeah. Over a thousand tourists a day flood Santorini during peak vacation season between May and October. 
uh, when the donkey's trekking between four or five times up hundreds of cobbled steps in temperatures of 86 degrees Fahrenheit, the Express reports, claiming that the number of overweight tourists from UK, US, and Russia have only continued to increase in recent years. Help the Santorina Donkeys charity is now calling for a weight restriction for riders. Yes. Quote, the holiday season on islands on the islands is now a lot longer than it used to be, meaning that the donkeys are pretty much working the whole year round. Christina Kalaudi, forgive me. Kalel? Kalaudi, founder of the Santorina Animal Welfare Association, she told the Sun. Quote, if they are not transporting tourists up the steps, they are moving building materials or transporting heavy bags of rubbish. There are some good owners out there that follow the code, but generally donkeys are worked into the ground and then disposed of when their working lives are over, she added. They are made to work in terrible conditions without adequate water, shelter, or rest, and I find them tied outside my shelter, barely alive. Hmm. That's fucking sad. Though the International Code of Practice for Working Equines was signed by Santorini officials in 2008, there's no pointed organization to enforce the policies. You know what? I don't believe in body shaming in any way, shape, or form. But if you are so large that you are crippling a donkey... You probably need to be walking it on your own. Yeah, you're not healthy. You know, do something to improve your life, man. That way you don't die at 45. Well, it's just I don't want to fat shame anyone either. But when I see somebody who's overweight and they're using one of those scooters in like Walmart or something like that... Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, you need to be walking. Yeah. If this is the only exercise you're getting today, you need to be walking. And I mean, it's, I'm not trying to say it's, everyone needs exercise. It doesn't matter what your build is. Right. You know, and if you need to go to the store, walk into the store, free exercise. Yeah. Cause you, I was like, I got, I got to buy this. I got to buy that. I got to buy that. That's what your mind's working on. Not. I'm out there running, like, oh, this is just exercise. All I got to think about is exercise. All I can think yeah. about is, you know, how how the muscles are moving, how it hurts, and how I'm... Yeah, how I want to <sighs> stop, yeah. Yeah, you know, my father, several years ago, had to have 17 inches of his colon removed because of uh, a cancer that started to develop. Wow. Yeah. And so after the surgery, they started having him walk up and down a hallway. And they're like, okay, you've gone once or twice... You ready to sit back down? He goes, the more I do this, the faster I'm going to recover and the uh, sooner I get the hell out of here, right? They're like, yeah. He goes, nope, let's, let's yep, keep going. Keep, keep going, yeah. You know what? I'm sure that had to hurt. You know, they done operated in a very sensitive part of the human body. You know what? He fought through it. it when you, If you're a person of larger stature, yeah, the first couple of walks in and out of Walmart are going to suck. But eventually it will get better. Exactly. And you will do something to improve your body. Your loved ones will be able to enjoy you that much longer. And you can go out and put on those yoga pants and not make people puke. You know they're going to do it anyway. Uh, Can't save people from themselves. No, but at least I can say I've put out the public message. It's better for you to walk and not break donkeys' backs. Yeah, but At least a scooter is not a living thing. Right. You know. It makes you wonder if they're turning the donkeys into burrow stakes. You make this sadder. I mean, I don't even like donkeys because they're part of the horse family. But I feel bad for them, and that's making me uncomfortable. But doesn't that, at least then, you know, they're completing the circle of life instead of just being, you know, 
they're living their life in this broken pasture and or po- potentially being put down for being useless. Yeah, <laughs> at least that way you know they're you know contributing to the yeah. cycle of life. If only uh, you have to be 112 pounds or less to ride on oh my weight limit. It's just spray paint every donkey with the weight limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to move on. Mix scam report details how McDonald's monopoly game was fixed by an ex-cop. The story of how a former Georgia police officer rigged McDonald's monopoly game for over a decade is captivating the internet. Over the weekend, the Daily Beast published details of Jerome Jacobson's large-scale scam to bilk McDonald's for more than twenty-four million in cash and prizes between nineteen eighty-nine and two thousand and one. Damn. Yeah, after he obtained a job as a private security officer overseeing the production of the McDonald's game pieces. Douche. <laughs> Jacobson's position, where he saw the oversa- oversaw the printing process, reportedly allowed him to access the winning Monopoly pieces, uh, which he was tasked with hiding in McDonald's packaging factories across the U.S. And in 1989, quote, just to see if he can do it, Jacobson gave his brother-in-law a winning game piece worth $25,000 at a family event in Florida. Years later, in 1995, after Jacobson witnessed a claim to witness Simon Marketing do a, redo a drawing that randomly selected a winner in Canada, he said the company didn't want the, the, the bigger prizes set up north. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. He re- yeah, he realized the game was flawed and decided to go all in, sending the win- winning pieces off to acquaintances and friends of friends who would then redeem them for prizes and give him a cut. <laughs> Over the following years, his crime network encompassed, quote, a sprawling network of mobsters, psychics, strip club owners, convicts, drug traffickers, and even a family of Mormons who had falsely claimed more than $24 million in cash and prizes. All the bad types. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Mormons. What's that put in there for? Wow. Why was that put in there? Right. Was that was that saying that the Mormons were like the criminal type, or was it just saying he even corrupted a family of Mormons? Well, it's yeah, well, it's yeah, it's a long list of horrible mobsters, psychics, okay, strip club owners, bad guy, convicts, drug traffickers, bad guy, and then and even a family of Mormons is how they close that. I'm just like, right. oh, that's the coup de grace, <laughs> right? They got the Mormons in on it. What the hell? Next thing you know, if you'd have been out there for another five or six years, the Church of Scientology would have been involved. It's just, it's like there somebody was making up a list of like the most horrible people they could think of, and then the last thing that popped in was the Mormons. I, what's wrong with your head? <laughs> and I'm the guy who talks to himself and thinks it's Axl Rose. Okay, anonymous tip of 2000 led the FBI to begin investigating Jacobson. With the help of McDonald's, a chain went ahead with a 2001 Monopoly promotion at the behest of the FBI, even though execs initially wanted to cancel the whole thing. Jacobson and his cronies were arrested for mail fraud and conspiracy in the summer of 2001. Jacobson was also ordered to pay back $12.5 million and serve over three years in prison. The Daily Beast report suggests that because of the trial began the day before 9-11, it was largely forgotten. Wow. But now, following the Daily Beast report, news that Jacobson's scheme is rippling all over the internet. Twitter users calling it. Okay, Twitter. Let's get Twitter's reaction on this story. All right. So, like, this is extremely old news. But it's just it's like coming to light now. I mean, he got like I said, it got washed up in the nine eleven thing. Okay. The day I was supposed to get out of the navy. Um. 
I don't know what to feel. You know, I think plants feel pain. I just want to yeah. lead off with this. I agree with that. Okay. Evil vegans. Vegan activists protest North Carolina fishing tournament. On Saturday, several vegan activists gathered at a popular fishing tournament to protest eating meat. The Wilmington Fish Save and North Carolina Farmed Animal Save organized a protest called Vigil for Fish to raise awareness about animal rights during the annual Wrightsville Beach Inshore Challenge, which pays over 15000 in cash and prizes to fishermen. Quote, we're vegan activists, and we want to bring awareness to what fish go through, said the protester Daniel Weber to WCET. Uh, look at it from the fish's point of view. If you were in your home and you did not want to get a hook to be hooked into your mouth, you would not want to be pulled up. You would have to fight for hours, fight hours for your life to be pulled up. It's scary. Yeah, I guess that's correct. Yeah. But you know what's worse is being harvested. Like celery and kale. These are the cries of the carrots. The cries of the carrots. For you see, Reverend Maynard, tomorrow is harvest day. And to them, it is the Holocaust. Okay. The ten protesters. Ooh, they had to put the number. You had no idea what that was, did you? The ten protesters. No, I have no idea. Tool, man. I don't listen to Tool because I'm not one. The ten protesters carried signs reading, Sea life is not seafood. Fish feel, quote, fish feel pain, and fish want to live. Yeah. Just like broccoli. Broccoli. Quote, we want to come out for the fish, said Vibers to WCET. A lot of times they look so different from us that you don't really want to put them in a position where you got to give them individual status, where they're actively individual, actually individuals that want to live. They don't want to be pulled out of the water. Fish have families. Fish want to live. This person sounds confused. Mm-hmm. Guy Hurley, an organizer of the fishing tournament, told WCET he respects the protesters and is glad we live in a place that you can protest, but claims the tournament is not unethical. <laughs> Quote, we are very much conservation-based tournaments, said Hurley. In fact, we provide extra payout anglers who can win extra money if they weigh their fish and alive. We encourage them not to kill the fish, but to weigh the fish alive. And then they get extra money, and we release the fish. Which is a little bit more cruel, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play again uh, Fishermen in general This is a quote Are probably the best stewards of the resource Hurley added They care about the resource more than anyone else I can't speak to perhaps the claims that fish have feelings That fish have souls I mean I'm not sure Bieber said the peaceful protest wanted to make people think about what they're eating There's nothing wrong with that uh, Why We want to bring awareness to the consumer Said Bieber Is this the correct thing to be doing? Should I be doing this? Should I do a little bit more research to see how intelligent fish are? Ha ha they have communities. They have complex social structures. Uh, okay. The fishing tournament benefits the Wilmington Elks, who invest their, in their communities through programs that help children grow healthy and drug-free by undertaking projects that address unmet need and by honoring the service and sacrifice of our veterans. Wow, that's hitting all the selling points, right? All right. We help the kids and our veterans. All of the selling points. Uh, Hurley said the tournament also helps feed people by donating the fish they catch. Uh, quote, a lot of the fish that we take, we donate to First Fruit Ministries, which is a Wilmington-based food bank that accepts whole fish and then puts puts it to people who need. Feel good about what they're doing. Now the vegans are going to get mad about food banks. It's like, you're giving meat to people <laughs> that are hungry. Right. 
Eat what you want. Just don't get in anybody else's face about it. Right. I mean. I don't care. Shit. If, oh, sure, if you want to think, if you're trying to respect life, you know, you got to respect all life, which means we can't eat anything, which means yeah. we all die. Exactly. It, everything gets fed upon. Well, if all humanity died, we will accomplish one thing. Saving the planet? World peace. <laughs> Finally. Finally. World peace. Uh, I'm going to skip the story because we talked about baseball too long. Um, this is interesting. You hear about this uh, issue with the 3D printed guns? No. Okay. Yeah, so somebody's a... I'll just read this article. This is Trump takes aim at 3D printed guns. Um, President Trump on Tuesday voiced concern about 3D printed guns being available to the public, saying he has talked to the National Rifle Association and it doesn't seem to make much sense. That's in quotes. Uh, I'm not going to read Trump's, Trump's tweet because why? Why do you? On Monday, eight states filed a suit against the administration over its decision to allow defense distributed to publish downloadable blueprints for guns online. The suit argues that the weapons assist terrorists and criminals and essentially nullify state gun control laws. Separately, Democratic attorneys, uh, attorneys general for the 21 states urged Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Attorney General Jeff Sessions to pull back from the settlement. The founder of the Texas-based company first published designs for 3D printed guns in 2013. Uh, which was subsequently printed uh, approximately 100,000 times until he was ordered to stop by the State Department. The June settlement allows the company to resume posting the blueprints. That's really all we need to get into the article. But what we're talking about is they're uh, publishing the blueprints for sort of people to print a 3D printed gun. All right. Now, first of all, I'm going to say that any plastic gun um, doesn't have much longevity. No. Uh, you could fire it, a clip, maybe two through it, uh, but eventually it's going to break. Mm-hmm. And this, it's like the burner phone of weapons. Right. When you talk about this. It's like you just print up one, do your murder, whatever you want to do with it, then you could throw it in the trash. And it can never be traced to you. And so that's the issue with this. When it comes to guns. Now, I do believe in, you know, First and Second Amendment. Say what you want, but everyone's packing heat. Just keep that in mind. So, I'm okay with this technology existing. Should it be available for everyone? Absolutely not. That's just my personal opinion. You know, gun control begins at stuff like this. And when it, it, it becomes scary that any, any idiot can just print up a gun. Any idiot. How many people have access to 3D printers? Uh, a lot? I don't. I don't know anybody with access to a 3D printer. But still, I mean, I don't think that... I don't think that, you know, that should be available. Why? Uh, I think the technology should exist. I just don't think it should be available for anybody. So who should control it? Who should control it? Mm-hmm. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Government should regulate it? <laughs> Here's the mother of bad ideas. I know. I know. It's why. Why? Just a tricky, it's a tricky argument. You I mean, know? If you're going to have this, this type of technology, either ban it completely or make it available for all. 
It's one of those things, you know, we have the right to bear arms. If, let's say, you know. But that's the point. Is let's that say you or I can't afford a, a nice home weapon, but we need something to defend ourselves. But we know a guy who works over at an engineering firm who's willing to print us up a 3D gun. Exactly. All right. So, you know, we got something to defend ourselves with because that technology is out there. But um, say, for example, I don't carry a gun. I don't own a gun. I have a, a, a history of mental illness, so I can't get one. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. That being said, I could still print a 3D printed gun, even though I shouldn't have one. Right. And that's kind of the issue, is that these things are pretty much designed specifically for crime and cri- crimes of passion Temp, uh, you know, being that's not dis- what they're designed for. That's just the way people are going to use that, that, that. Yeah, you're right. Is the is you're a right. hammer an evil tool, or is it just the what the person who's wielding it? You're right. Now, if you want to control this and make it to where it doesn't get quote unquote get into the hands of the wrong types, you know, regulate where you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they got to put some control elements in place at the the 3D printers themselves. For some, I don't know how in the world that could possibly be done. I I suppose like if if a print job ever goes into effect using that blueprint, there should be an alert or something that goes to some database somewhere so you can track this stuff. Right. You know. And I guess you can get like an IP address or something like that with it as well. well. Maybe. I mean, 3D printers are not cheap in any way, shape, or form. So you'd think whoever, you know, wherever these things are at, unless you've got somebody who just saves up and buys one for themselves, that's not going to happen very often. But you would, there would have to be some sort of element of control in there. But the for a cheap gun, just to ha- uh, for a low end homeowner who need, can't afford like seven hundred dollars yeah. for a pistol to defend his family with, but, can get yeah. one for I'd say a hundred dollars from a that's three D printed. He can't go out to the firing range and fire off round after round after round. Practice He's got something him. to defend his family in case some nut job breaks in. I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah, true. I just I think this is an interesting argument that that I would never would have thought our society would ever get involved in. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you could just I couldn't imagine that at like back in the eighties when I was a kid, just sitting there dreaming, imagining stuff in my head. I never would have thought for a second. It was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could just like I'm printing up this character sheet on my dot matrix printer for my Heroes Unlimited game? If I could just hit print and like a gun would come out. That'd be fucking cool. It never crossed my mind. And I never thought in my lifetime we'd be having an argument about the ethics of doing such a thing. <laughs> because we actually can do it now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Also, there's several moving parts inside of a gun, so they would still have to be assembled by somebody. Unless the printer, uh, print operator had the knowledge to assemble said... Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Anyway, we got about five minutes left, and I do want to touch on these two stories before we go because uh, they're they're just weird. They're just weird. Um, <laughs> suspects confessed to swiping a shark from San Antonio Aquarium in a baby stroller. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? Two men have admitted to stealing a shark from a Texas aquarium over the weekend and using a baby stroller to smuggle the animal out of the building. Officials revealed in an update on the bizarre case. Leon Valley uh, Police Chief Joe Salvaggio 
told reporters Monday night that the men confessed to taking the one point one and a half foot long horn shark from the San Antonio Aquarium after officers showed up at their homes with a search warrant. <laughs> it's not very big. No. Okay. Uh, the female shark, known as Helen, was brought back to the aquarium Monday evening and received a hero's welcome from employees. Salvagio said the animal is in very good condition. According to the investigators, uh, the men and the women... The woman removed the shark Saturday afternoon from an open tank where visitors can pet the sea life. In a statement, the aquarium said the trio staked out the pool for more than an hour before taking the animal. <laughs> Salvaggio did not identify the suspects Monday night, but said one of them was a 30-year-old white man who lived in San Antonio. Investigators said the, uh, one of the men grabbed the shark by the tail while the other two people involved uh, wrapped it in a wet blanket, and then the men put the shark in a bucket and put the bucket in the bottom part of a baby stroller. <laughs> All right, uh, we're kind of short on time, so I'm going to cut to the chase on this one, is that they found out that this guy had, like, an aquarium in his house, and he had a shitload of, like, rare sea life and stuff like that. This, and this he is, yeah. wanted a shark. Yeah, and he wanted a shark. This is what this is what his hobby. Shark and a baby stroller, man. Just one of those things you'd never... I really want a shark, man. It's like, well, let's go down to the aquarium where they got that little petting place. They got a little tiny shark in there. Let's grab that fucker. How are we going to get it out? It's like, we'll wrap it in a white blanket. It's like, these guys are thinking like Luke Skywalker into Jabba's palace, making a complicated plan to steal a foot along. A little bit more. Yeah, shark. Little tiny shark. And I'm the nerd for watching 115 hours minimum of Ghost Wolf games. Yes, that's already been established. Okay, they're just yeah, rehashing that. All right, this is a different one involving another weird animal. Florida man wielding live gator chases people in a convenience store. Video shows. <laughs> a man in Jacksonville brandishing a live gator chased people in a convenience store where he was purchasing beer. Video of the strange episode shows. A man whose identity, identity has not yet been confirmed walks in the store holding a gator with his right hand. The animal's mouth appears to be taped shut. Uh... Y'all ain't out of beer, are you? <laughs> That's walking towards the front counter. Is he taking the last bit of beer? You ain't taking the last bit of beer, are you? He said to someone in the back of the store. And then he chases after him, holding the gator jokingly. Then grabbed a 12-pack of beer because it wasn't the last bit of the beer, man. All right. Anyway, Florida wildlife officials are investigating the incident. WTLV reported. The video is also shared by a Jacksonville man named Rob, uh, Robbie Stratton, who would not confirm if he was the same person who carried the gator in the video. It looks like a stunt that was done for hits. It sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, considering the fact that it was a gator he could hold in one hand. Yeah. Number one, I feel like somebody should have just walked up and decked the guy. It was like it was what? kind of it was kind of big. He was kind of had it like tucked under one arm. It was kind of large. Uh, quote, all I have to say, it's all in fun and games. Nobody in the store uh, were, was friends, and ev- everyone in the store was friends, and everyone was laughing and having a good time. No one in the situation was scared or mad. So, he had said via Facebook Messenger. The video has more than 8,000 shares and 300 views as of Saturday afternoon. That's why this is done. All right. If everyone trying to find their 15 minutes of fame on fucking Facebook or YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Just like me. Okay. And they were more successful in one shot than we have been in several episodes. Well, I don't carry gators into convenience stores. Yeah, I guess that's where I'm going I wrong tend, with my YouTube channel. Yeah, I tend to eat gators because they're delicious. I had gator tail once. It was pretty good. Oh, good Lord. It cooked up yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, we're about the 7 o'clock mark. We've got another show coming on here in, what, about half an hour? All right, so we got Below the Deck coming up in about a half an hour. 
Um, we are Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you. Who are you? I'm the Hill Hippie, wishing you peace and love. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.